Welcome back to another episode of Inside Columbia Basketball. For any first-time listeners, each week we sit down with different members of the men's and women's pro- basketball programs here at Columbia. We go through we- recent games, take a look at what's coming up, and go behind the scenes with the Lions. I'm your co-host, Mike Kowalski, and I'm joined by senior Quentin Adlesh. Kyle Matrician will be joined by senior Abby Lee for the second part of today's pod. Uh, last week we had first years, and today we have uh, two seniors. So first of all, Q, thanks for, for coming. Happy to be here. Um, I'm going to start with the Cornell game, and we'll kind of work our way back a little bit and talk a little bit about you individually. But uh, it was obviously a big win for you guys against Cornell. Uh, what were some of the keys and adjustments you were able to make uh, from the first game? Um, well, we needed to defend the three-point line a little bit better than we had in the first game. Um, they had some guys that hadn't necessarily been shooting the ball that well prior to that game, knocked down some big threes. So we knew um, guys like Matt Morgan and Beheim were going to make some tough ones, but we wanted to limit those other guys that uh, hadn't hadn't been as consistent as them. Um, so that was one thing. And then secondly, um, we wanted to take care of the ball. Um, we turned it over quite a bit up at Cornell, and that kind of came back to bite, bite us in the foot. So, um, yeah, just want to take care of the ball and uh, limit those threes. Both games against Cornell were extremely close. Uh, most games in the Ivy League wind up going down to the wire. So how important was it to kind of get at least one of those games to go your way and kind of set the tone for the rest of the younger guys that might not have experienced this to of the grind that's kind of coming up. Yeah, I mean, I look, I'm really into this, uh, like the, the age of analytics with, with the college basketball. So I followed this site called Ken Palm and I looked at um, his predictions for this upcoming week and three out of the four games were based on his predictions to be determined within one point. So um, just goes to show the parity in the league and um, Every night is going to be a battle, um, and those end-of-game situations uh, and how we handle them are going to be really important. Um, so I think that the young guys getting that experience, um, whether it be on the court or just you know watching from the bench, um, I think it's pivotal moving forward because um, you can pick up on things that we did right, but also things that we, we could definitely correct. So. I want to pick up on you, you, know, you looking at Ken Palm and everything like that. A lot of people are, are, are into the stats and everything. Uh, I, I look at them, too, for a little bit of what I do and everything. Um, how does that does that help you at all as a player to kind of, like, take a look at other teams or what, you know, trends for Columbia? Uh, talk about how you look at those and how it might help a player and a coaching staff uh, as that you guys get ready yeah. for games. I'm, I'm more just intrigued about a lot of the, the different um, things that they put together. Um, I like to look at which teams are doing what well and how that's correlating to wins or losses. Um, there's been some pretty prevalent trends with just – Basically, any defensive efficiency measures are highly correlated with with wins. Um, so, I haven't implemented it much, like in my own in my own game yet. Um, I think that maybe down the road, if I if I stay involved in basketball, it'd be something that I would definitely look to learn more about. But for the m- time being, I'm just pretty pretty interested in it, and I think it's uh, pretty wild how accurate some of the stuff can be. All right, so now back to the Cornell game. Uh, I thought something that Coach Engel said uh, at the post game press conference was interesting about you and Gabe. Um, developing chemistry and it sounds on the surface it's kind of funny to hear that because you guys have played together for over a year but with Gabe sliding to the point guard position how has that affected you guys and how do you work together and feed off of each other yeah it's definitely a new dynamic Um, I mean the past two years Mike has really been a ball dominant player and we needed him to do that so um, I definitely learned how to play off of him and we developed a, a great chemistry over the past two years as well so now when Gabe's kind of taken over that role, um, it's just been a learning process. Um, he's handled it really well. I mean, that's not easy to do. I think people might think that's a natural progression to make, but um, 
it's it's a it's a hefty load to bring the ball up every possession and be counted on to score, be counted on to facilitate, and then be counted on to go on the other end of defense. So um, he's doing a great job. Um, I think that my role at this at this time of the year needs to be to compliment him as well as I can and take some of that load off, whether it be defensively or, or handling the ball. With back-to-back starting this weekend, can you kind of go over what the week is like for you guys and how you prepare for the two opponents? Yeah, so um, we've already basically started our scout for Friday night, and we'll stay with that through the week. Um, then following Friday night's game, we'll, um, we'll start looking at Penn. And uh, we've started to make some adjustments defensively, and then offensively we're just trying to hone the offense, um, clean some things up, and uh, look to, to grow on some things that we've been doing well. And it's interesting, too, because you, you have, when we're on the road, you get to play Penn first and Princeton following. So does that kind of like even things out for you guys? What's that like when you got to flip when you when it flips when you go on the road? Um, to be honest, I haven't thought about that much. Um, it's it's hard to look too far ahead, especially in a league like this where every night is uh, so valuable. Um, so yeah, I mean, we just take it one game at a time right now, um, and I haven't really thought about the travel or anything like that. I guess it'll be nice to be able to come home the night of the game against Princeton since it's close, so limited travel. But, yeah, for the most part, we're just focused on what's right in front of us. Yeah, no question. Well, th- there's also a little bit of familiarity with the teams, too, you know, having played against them for four years and not a lot of coaching changes, so the style remains the same. So how fresh, when you're going through the Princeton scout, you know, do you remember a lot of things from last year, from year to year? Does that th- does that pick up for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um in Pr- Princeton in particular, uh, it's it's probably as close to the Cornell scout as we'll get throughout the rest of the league. Um, the, the Cornell coach is a former Princeton assistant player, so that system has uh, been implemented. And Princeton just cuts really hard. So um, similar to Cornell, we're going to have to focus on not getting back cut because if you get back cut constantly or a lot, you, you, it loosens up your defense, and that's when they start making threes and getting easier uh, drives to the rim. So... We'll, we'll definitely be focused on limiting the back cuts. Um, and then I think we'll, like every college basketball program is built to do defensively, at least in, in theory, is try to make them take as many contested twos as possible. Um, they have some prolific shooters, so try to close out on them and then contest everything at the rim, but ideally force them into tough twos. Uh, I want to take a step back and uh, we'll, we'll learn a little about how your game has developed uh, even before you were at Columbia. And obviously you're one of the best shooters in the Ivy League. Um, how did that? How did you develop that? And was it just by repetition, or was it other things you were working on uh, growing up? Um, in terms of being a shooter, uh, that's something that I've I've been labeled as my entire life. Um, I've never kind of been just a shooter, but that's definitely always stuck with me. So um, when I got to college, there was an adjustment. Um, I knew that the I realized quickly that the shots that I was getting for the majority of the time in high school were just not going to be available. Um, and they weren't necessarily within the flow of an offense. So um, a lot of things that I, uh, what I focused on a lot was just slowing down. Um, I didn't need to, you know, get my shot off super quickly. So freshman year was a huge, huge uh, year of growth for me in terms of just learning the game and slowing down. Um, once I slowed down and realized where I was going to get my shots, when I was going to get my shots, I just, yeah, repetition in those in those areas, um, knowing that, if I practice this shot this many times, I'll, I'll get it in the game and I'll be prepared. You were known coming into the year as a three-point specialist almost, and this year you've you know kind of added a little bit more drive game to your to your repertoire. Uh, talk about that and how it's helped you you know get those more looks from three-point range. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I uh, like I mentioned earlier, Mike has is so dynamic with the ball. So a lot of times, um, it was just kind of like playing off of him. But without him, um, we've needed a little bit more of uh, per perimeter players that can get to the rim and. It's something that's not necessarily new to me, but I haven't really done it in a while. So um, it's been learning on the fly, um, picking my spots. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, not force much, but I know I do need to be aggressive at times. So it's just kind of a balancing act with that. And what kind of mindset do you have to have coming off the bench, trying to be that spark for, for the offense and defense, really? Um, it's, a, it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's difficult to come off the bench. Um, it's a different you have to kind of get into a different mindset um but it is helpful if you if you can watch and really be locked in those first couple minutes and um it's kind of it almost sounds cliche to say because everyone's always mentioning you know like you know watch the game pick up and in the moment it's hard to do but i have found that you know once it goes up and down a couple times um everyone kind of relaxes so um when i come in sometimes it, it takes a couple up and downs for me to get my breath but then it's just like the same thing. It's still the, the same game. So. Yeah, you, you kind of get in. It, you know what the flow is off the bat if it's going to be like a little bit more up and down. You even get to know like how officials are calling the game a little bit too so you can you know whether to pick your spots Definitely, on defense, yeah. right? That helps a player like you sure. who's trying to get get steals because you're, you're approaching the top ten in, in career steals. Yeah, yeah So definitely. talk a little about your, your defensive mindset. That's I, an underrated part of your game, I feel like. I wasn't aware of that, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not a elite athlete, but um, – I do. I do feel like I'm a I'm a capable defender. Um, defense is a lot of a mindset, and then also knowing spots. So, um, fortunate to have some some great coaches that have been able to teach me, um, and I've been you know willing to learn. So, um, yeah, I feel comfortable guarding a lot of positions and um, picking my spots to go for steals. At the end of the day, we wanna we always say stay solid. So um, that that should be the first stop. But there are definitely times where get a little aggressive and go for a steal. Yeah. Especially if it's going to get like a, a lead lead dunk or something. Yeah, no question. <laughs> Not for me. But I mean, yeah, it's a momentum changer. I mean, you can you can really – that kick starts runs or caps off runs. So, yeah. uh, obviously an important part of the game. Um, and then looking back at the program a little bit, there's been a nice stretch of, of guys who have been really good three-point shooters. And I think, you know, you're in that group with guys like Steve Frankowski, Grant Mullins, Maudo, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who do you think is going to kind of take the mantle as the next uh, Columbia sharpshooter? Ooh, shoot. Put you on the spot here. Um, well, obviously, Gabe is, I mean, he's got a beautiful shot. Um, I don't know if he'll take enough. Um, he should, but <laughs> um, I don't know. A lot of guys, Ty, is, he hasn't shot it well this year, but he's got a beautiful shot. Um, it just takes a couple to go in, and then that can change everything. So Ty could definitely um, be up there as well. Um, I'm trying to think of one of the younger guys. I don't know. Um, those two for sure, Gabe and Ty. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to pitch this idea to Jerry Sherwin. I want to get you guys all to come back and do just do a three-point competition. That I think it would be a blast on alumni weekend. Absolutely. Like, just right in that, like, do halftime of the alumni game. I'd be all about it, yeah. And, like, we'll, get, we'll have to get those guys to get together because that would be – like, I think people would pay money to see that because you There would be a lot of trash talk, too. I <laughs> no question, be, especially with Frankie. <laughs> yeah, I would be working hard not to let Grant get under my skin for sure. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, an underrated trash talker, I feel like. Oh, he, he seems like a like the, the quiet type, but no not, not, definitely not the case. Little punches, yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he used to, he and Lo used to torture me freshman year <laughs> practice, but it was good. Uh, yeah, kind of makes you you know who you are today, right? Exactly. Yeah, it helps you in the sure. long run. Yeah. 
Best uh, they had best interest in mind. So. Yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about those guys a little bit more. What, what's like your favorite Grant and Mauto story from that from freshman year? Um, I don't know if I have a particular story, but just the way they carry themselves. Um, you know, coming in, you have certain expectations for yourself, um, and you you don't really think about oh, like you 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 think about contributing to the team, but you don't think think about the team dynamic as much as you should, and you realize that as you get older. Um, and those guys had as much of a grasp, and as well as Isaac and, and Alex, they had such a good grasp on what it meant to have, you know, a team culture and a team identity. And um, it was it was awesome to be a part of um, something that, as I've gotten older, I've tried to emulate. And um, I still stay in touch with a lot of them because uh, you know they still care about how the program's doing. And um, yeah, so they were great. Um, I'm hoping to, that the guys right now, our seniors, are living up to their expectations. I want to talk a little bit about your transition coming from California to here and what advice you can give people potentially on the West Coast that are thinking about coming to Columbia, whether they're a basketball player or just, you know, a regular student. I mean, obviously, culturally, it's, it's a little bit different. And Definitely. talk a little bit about that and, and how you've kind of thrived here. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it would be different depending on the area of California that you come from. Um, I came from not a major city, so a huge change of pace. Um, and obviously the adjustments with weather, that's kind of a, an obvious answer. Yeah. So I won't spend too much time on that. But <laughs> yeah, there's just a different, um, it's hard to explain, but people are definitely different. And um, not to say that they're nicer or less cordial, but they're just, they're more just on the go. Yeah, and it's a different just, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's something to be done always. So sometimes if you're not doing that, you're you're missing out. So it's great because it seems like you're always being, you know, pushed to do more and to, to always have something on your mind, um, which I love. That's the kind of environment I want to be in. So, um, yeah, it's great. Um, but then going back to California for vacation doesn't doesn't hurt either. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say, you know, what would you tell people that are thinking about coming here from California? Just just like how do how do you how do you how do you best enjoy it? Uh, you know, the differences and embrace embrace those changes. Um, I would say just do it. Just um, I mean, when you're making that decision, you're 18 years old, um, 17 years old, and really you can't make that many bad – like you can make – if you're going across the country, that's not a bad decision. I right. mean, you're just going to open your, your mind to so many different things that you wouldn't have the opportunity to. So um, it, it may be out of your comfort zone, but that's what life's about. So um, it's the best decision I, I ever made because there's so many people I wouldn't have met. There's so many things I wouldn't have been able to do. Um, and I have a whole new perspective. So um, uh, from my experience, I would definitely uh, advocate for it. So now we're going to switch it up again. Uh, we'll go to a segment we call Rapid Fire. I'm not sure why we call it rap Rapid Fire. It's more like a slow burn, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but just some some basic questions to kind of get uh, get a feel of, of your personality and yeah. let people know who you are. So cool. uh, any pregame rituals or superstitions that you have? Um, no superstitions whatsoever. Um, I don't care about my socks. I don't care about the, the compression shorts. Maka there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear him with a, I didn't. Maka lays out his socks before the night before every game, apparently. Really? If he doesn't put out the right socks, he, he's not going to have a good game. So did he have these socks in high school? I, I don't know. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't get that far in. But I hope like, not. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very – We get plenty of socks, so we should <laughs> use them all. Um, yeah, no, nothing like that. Um, I, uh, it just depends because, I mean, you play at home, you play on the road, you might play neutral. So I figure more of a mindset than, a, you know, anything like sh 
doing anything in particular. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite place to eat in New York City? Um, in the city, it's local or in the city? In the city, anywhere in New York Ooh, City. Um, I like when my when my parents come and visit. We go to a great place called Quality Italian in Midtown, and they also have another um, sister or brother restaurant called Quality Meats. Um, those are probably my two favorite. Locally, um, if I'm going out, I like VNTs. That's my okay. spot. Um, if I'm getting something quick, it's definitely Milano's. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what's been your favorite class so far at Columbia? Huh, um, I'm, I'm really excited for a class I'm in this semester right now um, called Strategy Formulation. Um, it's in the... Uh, a business school class offered to undergrads, um, so I'm excited for that. I don't know too much about it yet, but um, aside from that, I'm a political science major, and I took a seminar on the international political economy. Um, it's kind of a mouthful, but uh, it was a good class just to, you know, you have to stay on top of the news and um, get in a little routine, um, so it was good. I, I set some good habits during that, that semester. Nice, and yeah. do you have an idea of what you want to do post-graduation, uh, what, what field you want to get into? Not entirely. Um, we'll see where we'll see where it takes me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, best concert you've been to? Oh, um, I've been to a lot of festivals. So, best act I've seen. Um, I have a couple. Um, I've seen Kendrick live. Um, I've seen Lionel Richie live. <laughs> it's pretty, it pretty great. Um, uh, when was that? I need to know. More I was about in this. high school. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like the the closing act at Outside Lands, which is in okay. the Bay Area, um, on a Sunday night, and uh, it was magical. <laughs> it was good. Um, yeah, he was great. He wasn't moving around much, but he definitely had a smile. Um, nice. I thought it was surgery or not. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I've seen Kanye before. Um, yeah, I've I've seen a lot of good good people. I've seen J Cole. Um, yeah. So. Okay. Uh, what are you binge watching right now? What's going on through Netflix or Hulu or whatever? I'm not a binge watcher. Um, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I did. A teammate, Peter Barba, um, put me onto this this recent um, documentary on Netflix and Hulu about the Fire Festival. Okay. Um, so I watched that recently. But other than that, I I don't really follow a lot of series. A couple of years ago, I got into Stranger Things, um, and the year before that, I was in Narcos. But other than that. I've never stuck with a series, actually. Well, Q, thanks for, so much for coming today. Good luck this weekend. Uh, now we're going to throw it to Kyle, who's sitting down with Abby Lee. Take it away, Kyle. All right, thanks, Mike. As you said, I'm joined now by Abby Lee, a senior on the women's basketball team. Abby, I appreciate you taking the time to come in today. We're going to talk about Saturday's win against Cornell, a big win for the for the team to go to 1-1 one and one in the Ivy League. We're going to touch on the upcoming games this weekend against Princeton and Penn. And then we're going to get into some personal topics to get our listeners to get to know you a little bit. But as I said, let's start with Saturday's win against Cornell, a big 65-57 victory. I mean, what went right for the team in that game, Abby? Uh, it was a really great team win. Um, we really learned a lot from playing them the week before and um, wanted to pick up our pace and um, kind of change our game plan a little bit, which I really think paid off. And all of the girls did a good job buying into the game plan and the scout and uh, what we aimed to do and really executed well. As you said, you learned a lot from that first game at Cornell. Cornell had a big edge in rebounding. They had a big advantage inside, scored a lot of points in the paint. Was that something you really focused on for the home game against Cornell, was improving in those areas? Yeah, so we definitely focused a lot um, 
on getting in the paint, like you said, and rebounding was a big focus of our practice the um, the next week. Um, but we really just learned a lot from the first time we played them and knew that we wanted to pick up the pace and play a little faster because um, Cornell has more of a slow, slow place um, team. So we kind of knew we wanted to play faster than them and make them play at our pace, which really um, turned out well for us and allowed us to have more fast breaks, which turned into more um, paint scores and things like that. And he certainly did a good job of that. Uh, Out-rebounded Cornell 38-33 in the victory, 32-26 points in the paint, so completely turned it around from the week before. And he had a big performance from one of the freshmen on the team, Lillian Kennedy, had 15 rebounds to was big time to help the team win. What was that like for you as a senior? What's it like for you as a senior in general, seeing all these freshmen blossom in their first year? Yeah, it's it's kind of kind of like a proud mom, you know. <laughs> like you're, um, I feel like I'm passing down a lot of things that I've learned um, over the years, which has been really fun to see. But yeah, Lil had a big game um, against Cornell. She was she was really great. It was so exciting seeing her snag those rebounds and really implement everything that we practiced this week. Um, and see you on the court. And Lil went on to be Ivy League Rookie of the Week with those 15 she rebounds. Did, yeah. She scored seven points. She's the third player on this team to be Ivy League Rookie of the Week right. this season. So that's exciting. And then this weekend, two tough games against Princeton and Penn. Princeton on Friday at 4 o'clock, uh, game one of a uh, Columbia men's and women's basketball doubleheader. And then Saturday against Penn at 5.30. How's the preparation going so far this week? It's going well. Yeah, we. this is something that we've – um, been preparing for far beyond just this week. It's something that we've talked about since the beginning of the year. Um, like you said, it's a big challenge for us. Penn and Princeton are, um, you know, powerhouses of the Ivy League. They have been for um, at least since I've been here. So it's a good challenge for us, but I think we're really up to the challenge and um, really taking this week really seriously and putting everything that we have into preparation. As you said, a big challenge. The two teams have combined to win the last nine Ivy League championships. What's something that, you know, without giving anything away, obviously <laughs> we don't want to do that, but what's something the team's really been focusing on this week in practice? Um, we've really been focusing, kind of carrying on the theme from um, Cornell the last week of playing our pace, um, of just, just like I said, just being us and playing how we want to play and not letting our opponent, whoever it may be, whether it's Penn or Princeton or any of the other Ivy League teams, not letting them determine how we play, but us implementing our game plan on them. And this is the second straight weekend that you're home, and then you'll be home again next weekend against Harvard and Dartmouth. Y do you like that at the beginning of the Ivy League season to be home so many times and kind of maybe build a little bit of an advantage at the beginning? Yeah, I think it's – I like it. I, I think it's really good for some of the younger girls to um, kind of get some games under their belt um, because – I know I listened to one of the other podcasts when Lillian Kennedy was on here. Well, we're glad she, you're listening. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and she said she was a little nervous in the first Cornell game, so which is totally understandable. I mean, um, especially because it's their first first time in this like atmosphere, which is a little more high pressure um, going into conference. So to be at home for a few weekends is really nice for especially the younger girls to kind of get a little more comfortable um, with kind of the heightened intensity and the more detailed scouting reports and things like that. Um, but I'm excited to get to go on the road and, and get to hopefully defeat some of these teams in their home court too. <laughs> and now we're head on into the Ivy League season with the back-to-backs Friday, Saturday. What's what's the most challenging part of those back-to-backs, you being a senior now having been in it for four years? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely something um, new that I had to learn um, coming in. 
I would say the most difficult part is just the quick turnaround, both mentally and physically, um, where you go from being really dialed in to playing one team on Friday night, and you have to know everything about them, their offense, their defense, um, and then having a hard-fought 40 minutes, and then the very next day having to be completely mentally dialed into a whole new team um, and a whole new scouting report and all new personnel um, and then having another hard-fought 40 minutes. So it's really a toll mentally and physically, but we have a deep bench and, and a big team, so um, I think everyone will be able to bring something to the table. All right, now I want to get a little into the personal side. Uh, what is your major and what are your career plans? You're graduating this May. I am graduating this May, which is crazy to think about. Um, but I'm a double major in religion and psychology, and um, I am applying to joint degree graduate programs that are both um, law school and divinity school. Um, so I'm still in the process of applying. I actually just took the um, LSAT, which is a law school admissions exam, last Saturday before our Cornell game. So that was a crazy day, but <laughs> <laughs> it turned out well. Um, what was the schedule that day like for you? Yeah, so I got up in the morning around like 6 or so, and I went to the testing center um, down at Pace, um, so downtown. And then I took the test. I got done around like 2, hustled back up here. Um, around, I got here around like 2.30 and then got on the court at 3 to warm up for the game. So it was a crazy day, but it was fun, and it was definitely worth it. Um, so yeah, I'm applying to those graduate school programs and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to um, get both a divinity degree and a law degree. And the best part of that day was you got the win. Of course, we got the win. So it's all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have you learned in your four years at Columbia? What's the, bi what's the biggest takeaway for you? Oh, that's a hard question because I've learned a lot of stuff. Um, it's been a really great four years and it's kind of a um, bittersweet thinking about that my time in the jersey has a mortality now you know I only have um, a handful of games yet left so I think it's probably just thinking back over how quickly it's gone by is just to enjoy try to enjoy every moment that you can even those moments that aren't fun at the time um, that you don't you're not enjoying um, even now I look back at those moments and say like man like it just went by so quickly so just trying to enjoy every every chance that you get here. Is there any, uh, whether it be a basketball memory or maybe it was on campus, like uh, just a memory that sticks out to you in your four years here so far? Hmm. I would say probably just our road trips are, are really fun, the time that we get to spend together, especially over winter break when we don't have school and homework and stuff to think about. It's just um, just the team and we just get to hang out together and um that's when we get the closest and we laugh the most. And, and so that's a really good time for us. And then I want to bring up something that I've seen almost at every – your dad comes to every single game. He does game. come to every game. doesn't <laughs> matter where we are. I've seen him in the Midwest. I've seen him down in Texas. I saw him out in California, I believe, mm -hmm. your sophomore year. Yeah, I don't think he made it to California, actually. But those I think those are the – that, California and Cancun, I think, are the only games that he's missed. Um, but besides that, yeah, he's been at every one of them. <laughs> what does that mean for you to have your like that dedication from? Yeah, your, I, I mean, mean and, you, and you know, your sister's at a lot of games too, and yeah, and your mom, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it means so much. Actually, it's it means even more to me this year because my dad um, now works in Wisconsin, so he's living in Wisconsin. Um, even though my family still lives in Connecticut, because I have an older sister who's graduating from high school this year, also. 
Um, so he's in Connecticut, but somehow still figures out a way to make it to every single one of my games, which just means um, means so much. And my whole family has just been really supportive. And they drove to Cornell in the snowstorm. And last year um, at Hampton, there was a really bad snowstorm, but they drove to Hampton anyway. I remember that um, snowstorm in Hampton. Yeah, they had snowstorm to like snowstorm chasing back. us up the East Coast as we exactly <laughs> were leaving. Yeah, yeah, they had to like book it back. Um, even if even if after the games I only get to say hi and see them for a couple minutes, it just just makes my day and just means the world that they come. And um, my mom would at, would could be at all of them too, but my like I said, my older sister or my younger sister plays, and so they have to like tag team. And mom will go to her games and dad will go to my games, so they have to like split up a little bit there. But yeah, my whole family is so supportive, and it's been it's been a long four years, but it's been great. <laughs> All right, now I want to get into a little bit of the rapid-fire questions that we like to do, dive deeper into the personal side. Uh, and the first question I have for you actually coincides with what we were just talking about. If you could tell f freshman, first-year Abby Lee anything when she was walking <laughs> on campus, if you could go back right now and tell her anything, what would it be? I would say have more confidence in yourself because you know more than you think you do. Um, I think that's something that freshmen come in a little timid, a little shy, um, and don't have as much confidence. But I mean, I think just like our freshmen proved this year, you can do anything as a freshman. It doesn't matter what year you are. Um, so I, that's what I de would definitely tell myself looking back is to just like be, be confident in everything that you're doing. All right, second question I have for you. Any pregame rituals or superstitions? Anything that you do, maybe a routine? Yeah, so I'm, I, like to say I'm not superstitious, but I probably am. Um, I actually, every day, well, we have shoot around every game day, and then we come up and we have pregame meal. And then after pregame meal, um, I go down to the locker room and just kind of hang out for 15 or 20 minutes. But I like to get on the court um, a good 45 minutes to an hour early so that I can shoot. So I shoot um, and listen to music. And then we all go down as a team. So I go back down to the locker room with my team, and we warm up a little bit and then hit the court. So I would say the most important part of my pregame ritual is just getting up on the court early and shooting and getting warmed up when you don't have the whole team up there where there's like a million basketballs flying around. And then one of the one of the things that I've seen you do in a group of girls on the team with Coach Ty is uh, a pregame prayer. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so it's something um, that's really special to me. We actually started it my freshman year. Um, with a girl who was a senior when I was a freshman, Sarah Mead, um, and then Devin Roper, who graduated a couple years ago also. We started doing it uh, my freshman year, and then it's kind of funny because we did it, like, behind the bleachers, like, weirdly. And then slowly more and more people wanted to join in, so then we are like, why are we behind the bleachers? Like, this is silly. So we started going out to half court, um, and then Coach Ty wanted to join in. So it's a really great moment for us. Um, just to, to say a quick prayer, ask the man upstairs for a little help in the game. Of um, course. <laughs> it always helps, obviously. And then um, it just kind of helps us focus in a little bit more and get dialed in a little bit more. I and was going to say, do you feel like that like settles, you know, maybe right, some yeah. nervous energy? Yeah, definitely. It definitely settles us a little bit um, and just kind of reminds us that basketball is just a game and it's supposed to be fun, and, and so let's go out and have fun. All right, next question I have for you. I don't know if you're a big concert goer, a big music fan, <laughs> but we've asked this to a lot of our other, a lot of the other uh, girls on the podcast. So I wanted to just see 
where you went with it, but uh, what's the best concert you've ever been to? The best concert I've ever been to, um, I would say musically, was One Republic. Um, I saw them in Hartford, Connecticut a couple years ago. Um, they were fantastic. But concert-wise, the best show was definitely Taylor Swift. I've seen her twice. I've heard a lot of Taylor Swift know, on this I podcast. I know. Sienna <laughs> said she saw Taylor Swift, but also said that she wasn't her fa favorite artist. But I think that's silly because Taylor Swift is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would say definitely those two. But I've also s I've seen Dave Matthews twice, who was wonderful, um, and then Imagine Dragons. So I've seen all of my favorite artists, which is which is really awesome. But One Republic and Taylor Swift are probably my favorite. What's your uh, go-to One Republic song? My go-to One Republic? Mm. Anything from their newest album. Oh My My is their newest album, and it's it's great. I just listen to the whole album on repeat all the time. <laughs> Any of those songs on your pregame? I don't know, you listen to pregame playlists or anything as you're getting ready? I don't listen to One Republic on my pregame playlist, but I do have a couple Taylor Swift songs. Um, the Are You Ready For It is a great pregame song. And then I Did Something Bad, Why Taylor Swift is on there. Um, and then I also listened to a spoken word video by Tim Tebow. Um, it's really great, too. It's on YouTube. I, like, downloaded it and everything. Um, it's called Shaken. So I listened to that before every game. Actually, Camille Zimmerman and I found it my sophomore year. Um, here at Columbia, and we've listened to it before every single game since my sophomore year. So I have it memorized by now. Camille has it memorized. I'm sure she's listening to it before all of her games now, too. So. And speaking of Camille Zimmerman, uh, Columbia's all-time leading scorer. She graduated last year. For anybody who's listening to this podcast that may not know, but you and her were really good friends. Uh, you guys were in the gym together all the time. Talk about your friendship with Camille a little bit. Yeah, Camille and I are, are really close friends. Um, we got really close my sophomore year and her junior year because we lived next to each other. And then my junior year and her senior year, so last year we lived together and were roommates. Um, so that meant walking to the gym every day um, together. What are, you, what are we having for dinner? Things like that. Um, so it was really fun. And then we would always come to the gym together and shoe and rebound for each other. And I don't know how many of Camille's shots that I've rebounded, but it has to be in the millions. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> we, we would spend any time she was shooting in the gym, I was shooting in the gym and vice versa. And so we, we were always, always spending that time together. And what did you learn maybe from being in the gym with Camille so often, like, about her game? Did it, like, help you with your game at all? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Camille was probably um, the most one of the most willing to learn and hardworking players that I've um, ever had the privilege of, of being on a team with and learning from. But she was always um, going one step further and trying to learn the next thing. As great as she was and as, as great as a player as she still is, she's always trying to pick out one more thing, Whether even though she's a forward, whether it's learning the next guard move or or things like that, or even she knows that she's not the best at post-defense is learning something about post-defense. So she was always willing to, to step out of her comfort zone and learn something new, which I really admired. All right, and then the last question I have for you during this segment is what are you binge-watching right now on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, whatever it is that you use to watch? So I'm always binge-watching Friends reruns. I love Friends. I think my roommate and I, Sarah Elson, could we almost talk exclusively in friends quotes um, <laughs> we know every episode every like we could say the words with them on the show but the most recent um thing that i've been watched is the marvelous mrs Maisel 
from the Amazon Prime series. Um, it's just hilarious. It's such a great show. Going back to Friends for a second. I mean, I've seen a lot of Friends. Uh, I mean, have you participated in any, like, French trivia before? Do you have, like, a friend story, like, anything like that? Um, I love watching, like, the blooper things, um, like, the blooper videos. My favorite episode, I think it's in season one, is the one with the poker. Um, and Ross and Rachel are, like, kind of going at each other a little bit. Um, and then Rachel doesn't get the promotion that she wanted in her job. And then Ross lets her win the poker game. So just it's hilarious. And Chandler's my favorite character because he's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> are you still watching it right now? What season are you in right now? I'm in season... Uh, I think I'm on season six right now. Season six. Yeah. So of about 15 times that you've probably gone through it. Yeah, I mean, at least that. <laughs> I just like watch the whole thing and then rewatch the whole thing. <laughs> so. All right, Abby. Well, really appreciate you taking the time to join me today and sit down for our conversation. Uh, yeah, good of luck. Course. Good luck this weekend and good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, and a reminder: as we've talked about, there are two Columbia basketball doubleheaders on tap for this weekend. The women kick things off at 4 o'clock on Friday against Princeton, followed by the men's game at 7 o'clock. Saturday, the Penn Quakers come to town for a 5.30 matchup, followed by the men's game at 8 p.m. You can catch all of those games live on ESPN+. Friday's men's game is also live on SNY, with the women's game set to air on tape delay Saturday at 3 p.m. Tickets can be purchased for all Columbia men's and women's basketball games by visiting www.gocolumbialines.com tickets or by calling 888-LIONS-11. Saturday's game against Penn is expected to sell out, so get your tickets today. If you haven't already signed up for ESPN+, Plus, visit www.espnplus.com. Subscriptions start as low as $4.99 a month or $49.99 annually. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.